Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the By His Grace podcast. I am so thankful for you, my friends. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about some fun projects I've been working on for Spark Media. First of all, did you know that we launched a magazine this summer? I created the Spark Media Magazine to amplify the voice of Christian podcasters and create a place for Christian podcast enthusiasts like you to discover new shows. This is the same reason that I created the Spark Network, it, to amplify the voice of Christian podcasters and to help shine the spotlight on these amazing shows in the Spark community. Now, we are about to come out with the fall edition of the Spark Media Magazine, but if you would like to get a free digital copy of our premier issue, you can find that along with our network and all of the other projects we are working on over at sparkmedia.ventures. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Chasing our dreams doesn't always mean adding things to our schedule. Sometimes in order for us to pursue our calling, it actually means eliminating things, even good, fun, God-honoring things. If you've heard me speak, you may have heard me say when I started Spark Media that I prayed and asked God where my gifting and my calling lined up in the season that I was in. As we pursue our God-given dreams, it's important for our gifting and our calling to be in alignment. However, as we step into our callings, we should be aware that sometimes our dreams take time to manifest. God will often plant a dream in our heart long before we see it come to fruition. That is why it is crucial to understand the season that we are in and what God is calling us to do in that season. We may have a calling on our life to write or speak or podcast or start a business or any other number of things. We may have the desire, but it may not be our season. My guest today is very familiar with seasons. In her new devotional, The Growing Season, Sarah Philpot shares heartwarming stories and thought-provoking wisdom. My favorite part of today's interview is where Sarah shares about pruning. Listen in. Sarah Philpot, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Misty, I am thrilled to be here with you today. Yeah. When uh, my friend reached out to me and told me you wrote a new book, The Growing Season, A Year of Down on the Farm Devotionals, I knew that I had to have you on the podcast because I just planted a fall garden for the first time in about five years. And God teaches me so many lessons in the garden. And so I was familiar with your work from Loved Baby, and I was on that launch team. And so I couldn't wait to see what you had to say about um, farm life devotions. So I'm so excited. Did you dream that you would ever be a farmer's wife? <laughs> Did I dream I would ever be a farmer's wife? That's a great question. I actually grew up on a small farm. My um, my grandmother used to live in a one-room house on the farm that I grew up in. 
So I was surrounded from my grandmother, from my dad. We'd always farmed our entire lives. It wasn't full-time farming, but it was part-time farming. And I just always loved the country. Now, did I ever believe I'd um, grow up and marry a farmer? Probably not. But I'll tell you, Misty, I did know enough about it that when my husband, when we started dating, we started dating in high school, I knew enough to never pretend to like some of the aspects of farming that I didn't like. (laughs) growing up. I always wanted to be my authentic self. So I would always come along and help them and enjoy everything. But I never was the one that was going to um, get in the pen with the cattle and be um, be afraid because one might run over me because I knew that growing up that had always been my fear. So I never pretended to be something I wasn't. But I love being married to a farmer. I think it's just the most thrilling place to raise children and to just see the splendor of God's creation. Yeah, I think I agree with you completely. There are so many lessons that you can learn just um, with your kids being out and having the freedom of living in the country and hard work and chores and all of the things that come along with that. But um, I want to ask you kind of a practical question. So you have a cattle farm, is that right? Or what or what type of farm? Because I know that there are lots of different kinds of farms. So what what mainly happens on your farm? So what happens on our farm used to, we were tobacco farmers, but that went by the wayside several years ago, thankfully. And we now, um, we produce beef cattle, black Angus cattle. So you could also call us a ranch, but in Tennessee, most of the time we just use the word farm. We also have row crops of corn and soybeans. And for fun, we have a backyard garden and we grow blackberries and pumpkins and watermelons. And we also have lots of, um, other fun animals like llamas and we have a few horses and donkeys just just as pets. Oh, how fun. I, I, would, I wouldn't expect you to say that you had a llama, but that's that's super fun. So let's talk about the growing season. There were several things as I read the book that really stood out to me. And what I'd like to do in this interview is I'd like to go through some of those things. And one is the pruning challenge. You challenge the reader to look at their calendar and their obligation and to prune to determine what needs pruning. And it's not always the bad things that we need to prune in our life. So can you tell me a little bit more about this and what prompted that for you? Yes, I think this is probably one of my favorite aspects of this book, because several years ago, my husband and I were out pruning the blackberries that we have um, kind of in our front yard. We don't have a massive vineyard. We just have, you know, a few rows of blackberries and we were pruning them and it was, it was fun. But I said, Perry, why, why are we doing this? Why are we out in this cold March day, you know, cutting all of these, um, some of these dead vines, but also some of the new ones as well. And he said to grow a little, you got to cut a little. And Misty, let me tell you to, That was almost like some wise philosopher had just spoken into my soul because at the time I was just under this weight of obligations. I had said yes to too many things as most women have found themselves in situations. And it didn't feel like he was speaking about the blackberries. It felt like he was speaking into my life to grow a little. You got to cut a little. So I started asking him questions and he started explaining to me that and the analogy he used just spoke straight to my heart. He said, 
sometimes the vines can get too weighed down and they're going to, the plants are going to get stressed. And he used that word, the plants are going to get stressed and they can't breathe. They can't see the light. And then what happens, they're not going to be able to produce fruit. And Misty, as a woman, does that not just speak to your very heart? Absolutely. Especially as one who some, yes, we often do just take on too many tasks. And so that phrase and those thoughts just really kind of stayed in my heart. And I started looking into the Bible and relating it to how God, you know, explains to us that we have to prune as well in order for spiritual fruit to emerge. And he uses that farm analogy. And so it just made me really step back and um, think about what I needed to prune from my own life so that I didn't feel as if I was living in this constant state of stress, this constant state of rush. And that way I could be more beneficial for his, you know, for his kingdom work. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've found, Misty, in this kind of like internal process was that it wasn't just bad things that I had to prune, like those blackberries. It wasn't just the dead branches. It was some of the live ones as well. And we have to really decide in our own lives, what are the good things that we're going to have to let go? Because it's just not the time for us to do them right now. Yeah, that's so good. That's so wise. Um, You know, in my garden, uh, I just planted squash and you have to thin the squash. And I I was like, I don't want to pull these little plants out that are doing so good. But I knew if I didn't pull those, um, if I didn't take the the weaker one in the mound that they that neither one of them would flourish and so you know Jesus said I am the vine and you are the branches right and we must abide in him to but if we have all these things weighing us down I love that picture that you just gave us because then we're not abiding in Jesus um I love that another um devotion that I really loved in the book was where you talked about being rooted in love and you looked at the passage in Ephesians for spiritual strength. And this is something that, um, God's kind of had me there recently. And, um, I'd love for you to talk about what that means. What does it mean to be rooted and grounded in love? You know, Misty rooted and grounded in love is to just constantly, to plant our um, to plant our roots deep, to make sure that they're in this good soil that God gives us. We God is love. So when we're rooted in love, we are rooted in Him, and we have to make sure that alongside all of our, you know, our souls and our soil that we have um, good soil that we're growing into. So are we in our Bible? Are we praying to Him? And are we constantly abiding? One of the things that I love on our farm are the pumpkins. And I love seeing the pumpkins grow, how they, we put them in as a tiny little seed. And then 90 days out, we're going to get a pumpkin. But they have this process of germination. And then the vines grow and they grow out and out and out and more tendrils. And each pumpkin, though, has to stay connected to that main vine or it is not going to thrive. And in the same way, We have to stay rooted in God and in God's love in order for us to be able to thrive as Christians. Absolutely. I could not agree more. 
Well, I saw some themes running through your book, and one of them is the idea of being present in the moment with our Creator. You say, let's resolve not to do more, but marvel more. I absolutely love that, Sarah. What are some ways that you recommend that we can slow down and marvel more? I think that is such a um, a challenge for us when we're always trying to hurry from one place to the next. And one of the things that I think about is my husband and I, um, just the last couple of weeks, we were sitting on our front porch and we often end our day sitting on the porch. Sometimes it may be late in the night. Sometimes it may be early, but we were kind of talking about the weight of the world of everything that's going on right now. And then all of a sudden we just looked out at the sky and there were these massive clouds that just started, um, floating in the breeze and they were just awe, you know, they were all inspiring. And we looked up and we both, you know, noticed the clouds and you know what that really did for me, Misty, it really made me realize how when we're focused on our problems all the time, but we, yet we don't focus on the blessing of God's creation. We're going to stay in those problems. But when we just take time to just, even for a moment to pause and to whenever we feel that weight of stress and to look outside at his beautiful creation, look at the clouds, smell the flowers, see the night sky and the stars, our um, heart rates just seem to kind of go down. And we realize that he is completely in control. So I just really always encourage women and men to just take time to just stop and look around at your surroundings, to really just understand the grandeur that he has created. And it brings so much peace when you do something like that. Yeah, it sure does. Um, One of the places that my family likes to escape to is uh, the hill country. And we go to a house that does not have internet access. And when we are there, we spend a lot of time on the porch. There's fireflies. Life is very simplified. And with technology, it's promised to make our lives better, but it's made our lives a little crazier. So I love that you said that because all of the earth is declaring the glory of God. And when we take time to soak that in, it restores our soul. And right now the world is in a mess. And so, but we can trust that God's sovereign hand is control of it, of it all. So that kind of leads me to the next devotion that I wanted to discuss with you, which is the one on worry less and focus more on what God has placed right in front of your eyes. Oh, Misty, that is one of the most um, heart-wrenching devotions for me to write. I um, had a situation where I was outside and we had just picked pumpkins and they were all over the ground. My little one-year-old um, boy, he was one at the time, just kind of ambling around the, the pumpkins and playing. And I got on my phone, as a lot of us do. And I was upset over something. And then I started scrolling Facebook and realized that there was a hurricane about to hit um, where my um, some of my family and friends lived. And so I started reading more about that. And all of a sudden, I heard screaming. And Misty, my four-year-old daughter was screaming because my one-year-old child, this is heart-wrenching for me to even tell you, had wandered down to our little goldfish pond. And, you know, when I say that I was looking at my phone, it wasn't like I was sitting there for 10 minutes looking at my phone. It was just a quick little scan for a minute. And she had followed him down to the goldfish pond and he was, um, he had fallen into the pond and she had the back of his little footed pajamas. And 
Misty, that, as you know, would brought me to my knees. And I just was so grateful for my daughter. I was so grateful for God's provision because that have turned out so different. And at that moment, I realized that we have to care for what is in front of our eyes more so than anything else that is going on in this world, especially as mothers, we are caretakers for these little people. And even just taking our eyes off of them for a minute and focusing on problems that we might not necessarily be able to control can be detrimental. So it can be an an applicable lesson for internet usage, but it also can just be a message for being present, being in the here and now of wherever we are to try to consciously make our minds be in that moment, because that's the moment that God has set before our eyes. That is the moment God wants us to be in. And I think that that is something that we as as busy women that we battle with today, because there's so Mm -hmm. much that buys for our attention, especially as Christian communicators. And, you know, social media is one of the ways that we get our message across there. I think that it's so important for us to slow down and be present with my people. My husband has really gotten on to me about my usage of social social media. And so I have on the weekends, I have pretty much stopped. I just step away from it. And it has been the most life giving thing for me is just to be present with my people. I agree, Misty. Yeah. Um, yesterday morning, my husband um, came out where I was having coffee on the front porch early in the morning and he came out and my plan was to walk right back in and get to work, but he just wanted to chat for a minute. And I just felt God saying, don't worry about everything else. Just be present in this moment. And that was a really good decision for me. And it was a, it's a really good decision for us all. And I really um, applaud you for taking that step and giving all of us women who are in social media and um, in the media an opportunity to say, yes, it's okay to take a break. That's right. That's right. Well, there's some fun stories in the book too, uh, like your mom making a, a pie with wasps. <laughs> in it. But I want to know what is your what is your favorite devotional or is there a favorite story that you have in in the book? Oh, that's so hard to choose. It's almost like choosing which child is your favorite. <laughs> I um I have so many different ones that I like for different reasons. There's 52 devotions and so some of them are really funny and some of them are poignant. One of um, my favorite ones, though, is the one we spoke about earlier today about the blackberries and being that um, that idea that we have to prune from our lives. So that's probably my favorite devotion. You, though, just did mention my absolute favorite recipe because the wasp pie is my birthday cake every year. And yes, there's some funny stories in the book as well. Yeah, and I'm super excited because my family loves buttermilk pie. So we are going to try your buttermilk pie recipe uh, for Thanksgiving this year. Oh, I'm excited to be a little part of your Thanksgiving this year. Oh, so as we are finishing up, you know, if there's somebody listening and they want to know more about the growing season and this devotional, where is the best place for them to contact you and learn more about the work that you're doing, Sarah? Well, the best place is, of course, if they want to um, get a copy of the book in their hands, they're welcome to go to any retailer to find it. The growing season, a year of down on the farm devotions. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Sarah L. Philpot. 
on Facebook at Sarah Philpot Writes. And then my website is allamericanmom.net. But I love to just, I'm, I'm having so much fun. I'm connecting with readers as they're experiencing this devotion. And it just blesses my heart to know what they're thinking about it and um, how it's making an impact in their lives. Well, I just, I enjoyed it so much and highly recommend everybody go grab a copy of The Growing Season because we are all growing and changing through the seasons. And when we take time to be present with the Lord, He teaches us so much. So thank you so much for your faithfulness, Sarah. Thank you so much, Misty. Hey friend, before you go, Did you know that there are still places all around the world where the name of Jesus has never been heard? That's why Operation Christmas Child is sending the gospel through simple shoebox gifts to the ends of the earth. The Greatest Journey follow-up discipleship program is teaching millions of children to put their faith in Christ and how to share that faith with others. As a result, entire communities are being transformed. National Collection Week is November 15th. To learn more about this global evangelism movement, visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. 